0: Our first reading today comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm eight, hear now the word of God. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are humans that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Our second reading comes to us from Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, giver of life, breathe into us that we may hear a word of truth this day. Draw us into communion, enable us to love, conspire to make us one with you for the world you so deeply love. Amen. Out of the mouths of babes. Do you remember watching the show Kids Say the Darndest Things with host Bill Cosby or maybe you're more familiar with the original House Party with Art Linkletter. The young children were asked all kinds of questions and the clever answers reminded us that a child's imagination knows no end. Children are truly gifted with unending creativity and until their thinking begins to experience boundaries because of social expectations, we are guaranteed laughter and sometimes unexpected wisdom. A month ago, we were hosting young guests at my children's choir rehearsal and they were visiting us from all over Sarasota County. And as you may know, we are preparing to uh, go perform in Scotland, so I was telling the visitors that we're currently sing a lot of words set to music of a Scottish poet Robert Burns. So this one visiting fourth grader, homeschooled, she made a sudden res- uh, realization and she burst out saying, Robert Burns is the opposite of Robert Frost mind blown. <laughs> I don't remember if I even knew any poets at the age of 10. Well, it was only 2 weeks ago that I heard one of the best new words in my 49 years of being on this earth. As we were about to dedicate our church new church furniture, Pastor Sarah was asking the kids in the children's moment about the different pieces in the sanctuary and the purpose each one has. Well, the kids were very knowledgeable in their answers about the pulpit and the table. The pulpit is where you read the Bible. Yes, good job. The table is where we take communion. Good job, kids. And then Sarah then asked about the baptismal font. And as some of you here know, at the nine o'clock, this sweet little five-year-old boy told all of us that the colorful font beside me is where you get baptized. Excuse me, come again? (laughs) This is where you get zaptized. We all chuckled at the cute error in pronunciation, but maybe a little five-year-old Grant was on to something there. Zaptized? Why, yes, it might just be a much more powerful word than baptize, if you ask me. It's amazing what can happen when you change only one letter, the new perspective you can gain on a word. We witness baptisms regularly in our church and what a treat it is to watch the pastors give new life to an infant and to offer this promise of eternal life with just a few spoonfuls of water in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Spirit. It takes a few minutes on the chancel, but the old life has gone and new life has begun. And because we practice infant baptism, we acknowledge that this is God's plan for the child until the child is old enough to be confirmed. And then our family of faith is charged with raising this innocent and pure baby as a child of God. The sweet baby may whimper a little as he or she receives the sacrament, but it's just a simple act one that always brings tears to my eyes, especially as we sing, Jesus loves me, to the newly baptized child that's parading, parading down the aisle most often in Pastor Steve's arms. But while we only get baptized once, we often remember our baptism throughout our lifetime. And it may be time for us to consider going to level two what we can call baptism 2.0, or what I would call being baptized. Jesus says to his disciples, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jesus, is asking for a revolution here, asking for all to be taught, to be changed, to be incorporated into a new life, to be zapped out of their reality of solitude and selfishness. There's so much to leave behind in the old life. The informal word, verb, zap, is boldly emphasizing that transformation. Even as baptized Christians, we can easily fall into the trap of being judgmental and focus on our own righteousness, forgetting this important call from Jesus. The baptism water sometimes turns into lemon juice. The boldness implied in being baptized, it seems, is what our world needs. We're perhaps at times too passive about being Christians. We are perhaps too passive when we see injustice, when we witness suffering in our world. We are perhaps too passive when we see a generation of teens across the country who have become addicted to harsh drugs or when we see children go afraid to go to school for the fear that they won't come back. Maybe uh, we are too passive with the many kids in our foster system. Maybe we are too passive to truly see inequality and to speak up about what's wrong with our leaders and about world conflicts and too passive to go serve in the local mission or international mission. Maybe it's time that we enter the mission field with boldness and as baptized and zaptized Christians as peaceful soldiers of God sharing a message of love and peace. We're working today with two passages that ask for us humans to be actively involved. On the one hand, Psalm 8 reminds us that we have been given dominion over God's work of creation. All on earth is ours to watch over. It is for us to see that it continues to grow and thrive for generations to come. And on the other hand, in Matthew's passage, Jesus sends us into the world to baptize all nations, calling us to actively make this world not only a beautiful place, but a better place, with all of us having for a goal to love one another deeply as we also love God. How are we doing in our response to these big asks? The psalmist says that we humans are made a little lower than God or the angels, depending on which translation you read. I get a strong electric zap down my spine when I read this. A little lower than God? Can you hear how generous God is and how gracious God is and how great our charge is when it comes to take care of God's world? We are entrusted with so much I love this phrase that the psalmist uses. When I look at the heavens, the works of your fingers, the heavens, the work of your fingers, we're not talking about the world as an industry. Creation is not mass produced. It's nothing Amazon can deliver. It's the work of God's fingers. Anything I've Artistic, I've done with my fingers, I have spent a long time creating, careful time putting together. We saw a great example of this last week of works created by fingers just at our Pentecost festival. When the prayer shawl women get together to knit, they use their fingers in a repetitive pattern to create a beautiful piece of art that is then prayed over and offered to someone who's experiencing a time of suffering. I delivered such a shawl last fall to a mom who was only a couple of years older than me after we gathered around a beautiful girl in the ICU, a school teacher, her daughter, her firstborn. With no further medical intervention possible following a massive heart attack, the family had to end life support for this young woman who was about my daughter's age. We had a little service around the bed, we held hands, we prayed. Then I waited for the family in the private waiting room until it was all over. The mom had been almost expressionless through the whole process, She seemed numb, unable to access her feelings and her pain. So I handed her the shawl before leaving and after it was handed to her, she broke down in the most visceral way and she held on so tightly to this little knitted treasure. The work of the sweet hands who created the prayer shawl brought incredible comfort. Care, love, gentleness, all of this goes into the work of our fingers. Ever since retiring, my dad has become an amateur carpenter. And every time I see his bruised up hands, I ask to see his newest creation. I have him show me the shelf he just built, or the planter, or whatever he might have made. I love to picture him in this creation process. I know he measured everything very carefully. I know he spent time whistling while sawing boards. I know he whistled and frowned while assembling pieces, constantly evaluating the perfection of the angles, adjusting some things, going back to make small changes, hurting his hands sometimes in the process. I know he put so much care into his work, and I know that because it is made with his fingers, it is so much more precious than the shelf he could have easily picked up from Home Depot. Creation is such an incredible gift to us, and the ability to create ourselves is something we can easily take for granted. Is there a better example of creation in bringing new life into this world? I've been thinking a lot about motherhood lately, knowing that sometime soon, hopefully, my daughters will embrace this role, God willing. Creating life is beautiful and challenging and you think of the expectant mother, for nine months there will be two beating hearts to support. She'll stop drinking her morning coffee, her occasional glass of wine, she will cut all kinds of things out of her diet, she'll have nausea for the first three months, then sciatica, then get stretch marks, and then swollen ankles, then heartburn, sleepless neck, and so much more. This is what happens to a mother who grows into her room this little human being. And then there's the birth. No need to go into the details, but this is where it all gets very real. And then, after holding her precious little treasure for a few minutes, right after meeting the little one for the first time, after all the pain that surrounds the creation of life, she hands off her little one to her partner, to the father, for him to hold this precious treasure. Doesn't that remind you of God creating this incredible universe and following a little rest? Him turning around and handing us the keys to the planet, the full dominion over the earth. God makes us a little lower than the heavens and crowned us with glory and honor. How amazing are all the gifts from God to us. And then, Jesus gives the great commission to make new disciples in all nations. We have received much, and with these gifts, just like a mom shares her newborn with others, we say, oh God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And with the keys of the planet, we're called to drive others around and get them to experience the beauty of our world. Come come and participate in our Christian life, we ask to do. We are seized by the creative power of God, sent out by Jesus, and the Holy Spirit moves through us to go to new place to make new disciples. Today is Trinity Sunday, and we are reminded of the great mystery of our triune God, One essence and three persons. I don't know about you, but the triune God is at times challenging to understand and to grasp. The closest analogy I can come up with is a musical one, of course. So I think about the organist. Maybe not a surprise that the organ has been the instrument of the church for so many centuries. The organist's left hand and right hand and feet all work together but independently, having each their own role but with these three separate parts put together, heavenly music is created. Well, maybe our friends at the contemporary service for that choose different music might disagree with my statement, but how wonderful that God reaches people through all kinds of sounds. But there's a reason why the organ is still here today. It leads the congregation in singing, it comforts with gentleness in memorial services, and it overpowers the choir and the brass on Easter morning. So whether it's magnificent music or incredibly beautiful sunsets, wildflower-filled landscapes, transparent ocean water, and lush mountains with a distinct smell of pines. We are recipients of the precious gifts that come to us directly from the fingers of our creator. Within a few years, our little five-year-old Grant will not remember giving us a chuckle with his words, zaptized. He will use all the proper words, he will have learned to apply filters to his thinking, just like our creativity gets more restricted over the years. In the same way, the colors of the world can be dimmed in our vision as we watch way more screens than the birds of the air and the moon and the stars. We marvel at the colors of the newest TV at Best Buy but we easily drive from point A to point B without thinking about the ever-changing display in the skies. Every day, a brand new sky for us to gaze at, morning and night. And this call from Jesus to make new disciples can become a distant echo, one that stopped ringing in our ears. What if we went out of this place of worship today with a new set of eyes for our creation, with a strong reminder that we have been crowned by God's honor and God's glory. Jesus commissioned us to make disciples into this world, and how can we not do so, knowing that we have been entrusted with so much? The Holy Spirit is ready to move through us as we change our world positively. Let's be bold in our love for the world. We were not baptized in lemon juice. There is no room for acidity in our call to be a Christian. Our world needs you and me to be bold. Go tell your neighbors that don't know God that this gift is theirs too. It is time to look at the heavens, to remember our place right below the angels, and for us to call everyone to get baptized into new life.